Many years ago, a few people encouraged me to apply for the Foreign Mission Board's Journeyman program, in which college graduates worked overseas for two years with career missionaries. And the place with which I was matched was a French-speaking country in West Africa, Ivory Coast, And since I had had four years of French in high school and college, I thought I'd be fine. But when I arrived at the airport in Abidjan, my years and my ears were of no help whatsoever. I expected more commonalities than I found with that language, and yet over time, with the Africans in getting to know each other unexpected commonalities emerged. And in a way, it's like that anytime we relocate, we have questions. Where shall I go to meet people? How can I begin to establish friendships in my new hometown? And what does my boss mean when he says something should look like that? Okay, I think I need to explain this. If you're from outside of Roanoke, you expect a TH in front of the word at, like that. In Roanoke, people drop the TH. So let me say this again. Something should look like at. Okay? That's, just let me say, that's hard for outsiders. <laughs> We're looking for people with a common language. One night, the Apostle Paul had a calling to relocate to Macedonia. And like putting on ITT night vision goggles, Paul's vision was so bright and real that he knew and his companions knew that God was calling them to the next part of their missionary journey. So you can picture this if you'd like. They're in northern Turkey, northwestern Turkey, near the sea. And they cross over the water the Aegean Sea, to an island called Samothrace, and then they get on another boat and they cross over water again to get to Neapolis. And then they go inland to Philippi, and this, this up-and-coming city, but it had actually been there for about 400 years. It was established by Philip of Macedon, the father of Alexander the Great. So off they go to Philippi. And The Sabbath arrives after they had been there a few days, and Paul and his companions were searching for people with commonalities. Now, this phrase that is used here by Luke, the author of Acts, is a place of prayer. Often that is intended to refer to a synagogue where Jews worshiped together. And the author tells us, on the Sabbath day, we went outside by the gate, outside the gate, by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. I can imagine a spot by the river being a place of prayer, out among the beauty of God's creation, listening to living water, being reminded of God's creative gifts. I don't blame them for looking for a place of prayer by the river. But, of course, that's not the only place of prayer. Wednesday night, our chapel was a place of prayer. Diane thoughtfully arranged an opportunity not only to help heighten our own awareness of the oppressive and volatile situation in North Korea, but also to lift our common voices in prayer 
that God will open the hearts of North Korean leaders to holy compassion and freedom. We prayed for people who are giving hope to the oppressed and hungry North Koreans and for the thousands of Christians there who are persecuted because of their belief in Jesus, Messiah. We prayed for Christians near North Korea's border with China who are helping as much as they are able. And will we ever know what our prayers accomplished? What they accomplish is not the reason for prayer. We pray, perhaps mostly, for our own transformation. Paul wrote to the Roman church in what we know as chapter 12 of that letter, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we present ourselves to God through prayer, God transforms our spirits and our minds, and with discipline, they help us transform our actions. God makes us new creatures. Well, listen to what God did in Philippi. The prayer meeting by the river was enhanced by Paul's convictions and his teachings, especially by one woman named Lydia, who is described as a worshiper of God. The hours that day get condensed into seconds when Luke tells us, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. And then, when she and her household were baptized, you hear that? condensation into just a few seconds. First she listened, and then they were baptized. I don't know how long Paul talked, but it was enough. It was enough for her to believe what she needed to believe to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so then she says, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord... Come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. So they couldn't insult her by, by not staying. Among our prayers at Wednesday night's prayer vigil for North Korea was that the Lord will open the hearts of leaders to such things as Paul said. We pray that their minds and their spirits will be transformed just like Lydia and her household And shall we pray for ourselves as well? Yes. The good news of Jesus Christ told to this businesswoman, this head of household, Lydia, still changes lives. It's that powerful. We want to let it transform our own lives because we know we can be better. We know we can do better. And so we're invited again to listen to Paul's words, to Jesus' words, to the Spirit's movement within us, to listen and learn 
as we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. The table of communion before us is a place to do what Lydia did, to listen eagerly to what God is saying to you. Perhaps through another person, perhaps through Paul, perhaps through Lydia and her household. And you have the opportunity then to reflect, to what is God calling you, like God called Paul to Macedonia? In the biblical record, Lydia is the first convert to Christianity in Europe. And this meeting began Paul's lifelong love for the Christians at Philippi. You can sense that when you read the letter to the Philippians. And it starts at a place of prayer. This is a place of prayer. We pray for each other, for our common needs. We pray that we will help, each other, help lead each other away from temptation. We pray for common strength and help and courage and hope. We need each other in this place of prayer. And God needs us too. Our hymn helps us to prepare for receiving the common elements of the Lord's Supper. We will receive them just like millions of other Christians are doing this day. And when we think of the word common, it's not that it's just across the board, but it means we hold these things in common. They are ours together. Our common love of God, our common Lord in Jesus Christ, our common goal to witness to his love and truth and abundant life. As we receive, as we prepare for and receive Jesus' gifts, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for this church. Let's pray for God's world everywhere and that there will be a more beautiful coming of the kingdom of God.